everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 588. We are that podcast talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ronma S. I am Mako-chan. And I'm Barry Mellon. And Ari is out tonight. He's working the mid-shift, but don't worry. He will be back next week. So, yeah. So, anywho, how is everybody doing tonight? Uh, per Only usual. A... Oh, go ahead, Michael. <laughs> no, I was going to say, per usual, I'm tired. When are yeah, you I would tired? Say... Yeah, right? I, I would say I'm tired as well, but you, you know, that, that's just how it is. I think life's just tuckered out people a lot more quickly recently. I mean, I do understand the tired aspect, but then I end up sleeping for 20 <laughs> minutes on the subway ride home, so. Oh, that's nice, though. Yeah, the only downside is sometimes if I'm listening to a podcast and I, if I miss a good part, I like when I go to work the next day. I will go back 20 minutes and listen to what I have missed. The only time mm-hmm. I really, I usually don't do that is when I'm listening to the WAN show because they do what's called um, merchant messages. Basically, when you buy merch from their store, you can send a message up. And they will, it can be a question or whatever, and they'll answer the question live on air. Let's just say, ever since they've incorporated that, the podcast has gotten longer. So, mm. And I didn't mind a 90-minute podcast. One episode went up to five hours. Whoa. And I'm just like, how am I going to listen to this whole thing going to work? Oh, no, Ronma, we have um, one out of five right well, now. Here's, well, here's the thing. That's on Twitch. Even if you subscribe to us via Twitch Prime, there will always be ads, which is kind of messed up. Oof. Now, yeah. now they have what's called Twitch Turbo, which is a recurring fee of five bucks a month, no ads. That goes directly into their pockets, but it's no ads. I know, I know. It makes absolutely no. Well, it kind of makes sense, but according to Amazon, their acquisition of Twitch hasn't been making as much money as they expected, so they got to pony up. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. But I will say to those who actually subscribe to the channel, we appreciate it. And I don't know. We appreciate it. And like I said, if you want to watch us without commercials, you'll probably have to do a Twitch Turbo uh, subscription, which is five bucks a month. But it doesn't matter who you watch. It's ad free so mm. it's it's sort of like how i don't know like when you get like a streaming service you know and you got and it's like oh you want this but i thought i had this no it's extra but anyways, anyways. Yeah, let, let, let's get on with the show uh we are live tonight week of 
May 9th, 2023, right here on Twitch TV. We're here live Tuesdays from 9 to 10.30 Eastern Time. You will always find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash And we're also part of the Voice of Geeks Network at vognetwork.com. And they're also on Twitch. You can find them at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. And they kick things off on Sundays at 8 p.m., starting with the uh, Bobby Blackwell Show, followed by Orange Lounge Radio at 9. Just so you know, there will be a programming note. There will be no OLR Sunday, May 21st. I believe Rob has work real life, so you know. You know how it is. When real life takes precedent, everything else goes on the back burner. And please, come hang out with us in our Discord. Uh, I believe it is vognetwork.com slash Discord, and it's right there on the screen. And come hang out with us. Every show that's part of Voice of Geeks Network has their own channel, so come through and hang out. It'd be really cool to see you and chat with you. So now that we got that out the way, we're going to go around the room with how was your week? How was your day? Let's, let's do it slightly different this time. How was your week? How was your day? Barry. Um, okay, put me on the spot. I'm so used to being second. Well, um, you have no, to, okay. well, well, here's the thing. If you've noticed, normally when Ari is not here, I usually have like a press start thing uh, icon there, mm -hmm. but I've changed mm -hmm. it. So it's our default setting. So Barry is just keeping Ari's seat warm. And since Ari always went first, why not? Okay. Alrighty. Um, well, it's, uh, it's been a time. Um, I have been slowly but surely getting back into streaming. For That's those of you good. who have been joining me on my stream, we've been playing through Honkai and just kind of chilling and chatting. Um, slowly but surely, we'll get back to it. It's just one of those things that once you are, once you fall out of it, and then you come back into it, you got to reteach yourself all of the things. And mm -hmm. I definitely took a four-month break, which definitely threw me off my game. I, yeah, woo, it is in, it's, it's wild. I mean, the space isn't, like evolving like AI, let's be honest. Right. But like it's still evolving quickly enough that if you fall out of practice for a little while, like you have to come back and kind of reteach yourself things, which isn't bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just been kind of keeping up with um everything that's going on with OBS and like all the adjustments and stuff that have been advancing in the streamer space, especially with like different platforms and like all the advancements going on there. Um and in general, just kind of, um, I guess the last few weeks, I've been just kind of trying to get back into a system, a work system, mm -hmm. um, because I got, I guess, into the habit of just existing. Mm. I, 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 I'm sure many in chat can relate, but just the idea of just kind of, I was being productive, but it wasn't in the way that was progress in the projects that I focus on for streaming, it was more so on like projects outside. So things like um, personal health right. and things of that nature. Like so, I got my bicycle back and I got a, a walking pad for my desk since I've been doing a lot of video editing and content creation. And so I wanted to be more active, but mm -hmm. I was trying to do what is called like an atomic habit, which I've been talking about on my stream as well where it's like the way that they have you practice it is they basically talk about how you want to lessen the amount of obstacles you have in front of a positive habit. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to break a habit, you put more obstacles in front of it. So I've just been trying to institute a little bit of that into different ways of dealing with it. Because I know, um, especially for me, like willpower, 
I have it, I can definitely institute it. But when I can hack my willpower <laughs> oh. and just use laziness, then I'm cool with that too. I'll be sure not to come to you as a role model. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm teasing. <laughs> I know, I know. But like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I'm working on. And at the end of the day, it's just, it's one of those things where um, I've been focused a lot more on my, I guess, myself rather mm -hmm. than my streaming stuff. But it's coming along. It's That's coming along. That's good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with taking a break to kind of refresh and refocus and do things, right? It's perfectly Yeah. Marco, how was your week? How was your day? Um interesting uh besides convention i uh have a job interview tomorrow so yeah a uh, little bit nervous for that but you got yeah i was trying to get everything ready before stream and fun times <clears throat> but other than that um basically just working around the house and playing with the cats and trying to play with the boys a little bit more and get them more accustomed to being out of the cage. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Okay. Same old, same old. So my weekend days basically has been the same. Uh, there's been some changes at work and it's not really a bad thing, but as I was telling one of my managers, Y'all pay me too well to complain about some of the changes that are going on here. So I'm just going to continue about my continue about my day and collect and work and collect that check. So you know, I mean, I think we've all had that one job where you know, you might not like some of the changes, but they treat you too well and they pay you well enough to not really make a big stink about it. And even if you did, they understood. So enough about that. Um. Me and Mako went to a con over the weekend. We'll be talking about that much later in the show. So, you know, we're going to try to have y'all stick around as long as you possibly can. Um, did a ma massive loads of laundry, and I'm not even done. So, I believe this weekend I'll be doing another small load and just calling it a day. And also, if you've noticed, I've slightly adjusted the lights so that trying to get a better reflection, better video quality. The only thing that still kind of sucks is that you can still see the reflection of my monitor and my glasses, but on the plus side, you can see my eyes. You know, that's not so bad. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and my reminder just went up for me to take my meds, which I usually take a half hour before the show anyway, so. I think that's basically has been it. There's been more cool stuff. We'll talk about that during our, our Geek Roundtable segment. But we're going to move right along to our uh, housekeeping notes. And did have hit housekeeping. And again. I might have to kickstart this thing. There we go. There we go. Alright, so here's some updates on housekeeping. Don't forget episodes of Anime Jam Session, older episodes, are available on our YouTube page. You can always find them over at youtube.com slash Anime Jam Session. Click on playlists and podcast VODs, and it's all right there. And we are 
basically hitting our midpoint in our 2023 uh, list of conventions. Uh, we will be attending CloverCon uh, Sunday, May 21st at the 4-H Club in... Um, and I know I've gotten it wrong before. Uh, Marco, where is it again? I'm sorry. It's in the Bridgewater Somerset area. Thank you. I was going to say Somerset, but I kept thinking, no, that's incorrect. Yes. So we will you be write that down. You know, here's the thing. If you remember on the outline, I used to put the dates and the location. I have not done that. And I need to do that. Yes, you do. I know. Because of because because of my memory retention, I think I pissed off a friend at uh, Castle Point. But how she came about with it, I don't like that. And I will get into that um, during my uh, Geek Roundtable. So, CloverCon, Sunday, May 21st, Somerset Bridgewater area, 4-H Club, Mills, uh, right, Mills Lane. Come through, hang out, have a good time. Uh, let's see what's going on in our chat room here before we move along here. Uh, let's see. We have someone who gifted a tier one sub to Tabby Cat. Whoever you are, thank you very much. You're awesome. And let's see. Anonymous gifter, yep. if that is your real name. Probably is. I call them Sussy Baka. Mm. You know what? It'd be, it'd be kind of interesting if the mods could see who it is, but that kind of defeats the purpose of being anonymous. Yeah, it would defeat the purpose, I think. It's very sweet. Thank you very yep. much for the support, and we appreciate you. Yes, we do. And Barry Mellon is discussing with 15 Tabby Cat about getting cosplays done together. Yeah, I, I completely <laughs> understand. <laughs> and Anime Next is right around the corner for some, so let's get cracking. Alright, so now we're going to talk about, we're getting to the part of the show that y'all enjoy is uh, a Geek Roundtable. This is where we talk more about the geekier aspects of our life and what and what cool projects we may be working on. So, Barry, what? How was your geek roundtable? What do you have to share? Um. Well, uh, here in the dreaming, uh, as I exist, um, I have been, um, I guess better, uh better able to translate my actual appearance to something you humans can um visualize mm -hmm. a little bit better than um an, an ethereal floating ball of smoke right. um as sometimes you guys see us when we're not in your dreams and um i think uh yeah i'm really i'm really enjoying it um i'm learning a lot of new programs and technology for it and it's just been a lot of fun i like teaching myself new things sometimes i get a little discouraged because it feels like you have to you have to like teach yourself 15 different things in order yeah. to, to better kind of quality one skill but at the end of it i feel more capable and i feel rewarded as much as as small as the progress may seem to me, I know to friends and people who have seen me grow from some of my first renditions and some of the first program stuff that I've worked through, um, that there's a lot of effort and that the what even if I don't see the progress, other people do. 
So it's been a lot of work, but I've been really proud of my progress. And uh, it's just, you can see it in the um, image that I have up for myself today. You've come a long way, you crappy little shit. <laughs> I know! <laughs> Alright, Mako-chan, you gonna take us back to the old school now? Yeah, so um, the pop figures that I have been waiting over three years for have finally arrived. Yay! Yeah, so uh, the next couple of weeks I will be showing those off, and this week to... Uh, bring you back a little bit we have kid and play um i have a space right next to my salt and pepper figs and these two will be going right there next to salt and pepper i'm very excited about this yeah the audience loves it <laughs> it's kind of interesting like they actually did a reboot of House Party, and I think it, I, and it was supposed to come out in theaters, I think it got canned or went straight to On Demand or something like that, because I have not seen it listed. Kind of crazy. Alright, so, as I have said on a few episodes past, I ended up buying a bunch of figurines. Some of them I have here, and I will be showing them off over future episodes. But, I do want to uh, just show off a Blu-ray box set that I picked up. I think it was dirt cheap. It was like under 20 bucks on Amazon. I picked up Gridman the Hyper Agent. Now, some of you look at this and say, this may look familiar. If you've been following on Crunchyroll and Funimation... Um, SSSS Gridman. There you go. Now, here's interestingly this is the original series, Gridman the Hyper Agent. And if you look at the character, it does look familiar for live action. Back in the 90s, there was a TV show called Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. This is the source material for that show. And if you watched uh, SSSS Gridman and the follow-up series, th those, believe it or not, those two animes are basically the sequels to Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. It seems that uh, two Samurai Productions, and I think it was Deke Enterprises as well, they actually worked together on this. Not like originally where it was Saban who just cut pieces of Super Sentai to do Power Rangers and then eventually they end up moving recording to New Zealand where they did the Super Sentai shows to match it up and if you re and also what was interesting when they did Go Kaiser they filmed additional scenes just for the American version of the show and as Asiya Dabiri says with Matthew Lawrence and Tim Curry that's correct Tim Curry was the voice of Kilocon the uh, master virus he would, his, his henchmen would create it, and Kilocon would just make it happen onto the digital web. So, from my understanding, for this show, when they were putting it together for an American audience, Surbaya Productions actually worked with Deke to get it together. And I thought that was really cool. I'll tell you this, 
this was a lot better than Deke's original Sentai series, Tattoo Teenage uh, Fighters from Beverly Hills. That was terrible. I'm glad that show has not seen the light of day on any streaming or home video release. Mm-hmm. BT Dubs mm-hmm. House Party came out in January. It did? Yeah, and if you really want to watch it, it's on uh, HBO Max. It must not have lasted that long in theaters because when I went to see uh, that Santa movie, which I have yet, which I think I bought, is on which is on the shelf back there, I saw the trailer for it, and I hadn't heard about it since. The only reason why I want to see it is because they throw a house party in LeBron James's house, and I can't stand LeBron James. Yeah, so um, Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. tomato meter is 28%. Of course. The audience score, though, is 60. <sighs> I mean, this is like the second reboot, because it was another house party movie, like, about 10 years back. So, you know. And I would, yeah, um, so you said that they have the house party at LeBron James's house. Um, he's a producer of the movie. Again, I still don't like him, but regardless. I mean, look, I didn't even watch the second Space Jam movie because of him. I'm like, no, I, I can't see myself watching it. I mean, they have the party in his house. They break some of his stuff. I'm, o- I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> Hopefully this weekend, I will sit down and watch a couple of episodes of this. And what's kind of interesting, I look at some of the the anime I have on DVD and Blu-ray, and it's like I could crack these open and watch these, or I can just watch them streaming at any time. And it's like there's going to be a time where I won't have access to these streaming sites. And there are some titles, even though it's streaming, you're that big of a fan, you want physical copies just to have. Because you never know, you'll be like, you know, I want to watch this. And you do. So, there's that. And also, I don't remember if I've just, if I brought this up on the show. I have one more Ocean Bomb here. It's the Sailor Pluto one. This one is watermelon flavored. So, I don't remember if I cracked this one open or not. And I was talking with Mako about it. So, I'm like, you know I will crack it open. One of the reasons why I was kind of hesitant on that, the inner Senshi Ocean Bombs are easy for me to find. It's the outer ones that are a little bit more difficult to get my hands on because my usual spots to go to don't have them. So, you know. And as Omnia Style says, going back to streaming and so forth, AKB0048 isn't streaming anywhere. I had to buy it on Blu-ray. You know, I have to say, I watched two episodes of that and I didn't like it. I think at the time I really wasn't into idols and somehow Love Live got me to this point. I would probably I would actually go back and rewatch AKB 0048. So I probably would. And Omniosa says Space Idol. Well, you also got uh Macross Delta. You got some Space Idols in there too. <laughs> All right. Try this flavor real quick. Ah, this is actually pretty good. Watermelon flavor. The thing about the Ocean Bomb, the base flavor is all the same, but some of them, the, what they mix it in is usually a little bit stronger than each other. This one kind of has like, 
it does have a watermelon taste, but it's like... You ever had plain cake before? Plain cake? Yeah, regular yellow cake. Yeah. You know that slight aftertaste you get after eating a slice of yellow cake? Not really. Well, for some reason, like, I enjoy the watermelon, but it also has a bit of, like, it feels like a, a, a plain yellow cake aftertaste. Not a bad thing, but it's like, it's, I guess when they were putting together the watermelon flavoring, that's what I'm picking up. Mm, that's weird. Yeah, but it's very, very subtle. It's not like, oh, this is disgusting. It's like, oh, okay, you know? It's like trying to fight, it's trying to work with the watermelon flavor, but kind of goes slightly to the left when it should be going to the right. Something like that. So, now that we got that out the way, let's get into tonight's articles. And the first one is a complete and total shocker. It's... It's an article about Ranma one half, and right now I'm at a point where the only time I want to hear about Ranma is when they announce a brand new series where they're going to where they're going to animate the entire series so we get an actual ending. I'm kind of hoping because my understanding is that the ratings for the reboot of Urusei Yatsura was really good, and what they did was with that series, they took like the major characters. And kind of introduce them pretty quickly to move it along, which I thought was pretty good. So, anywho, let's get into uh, this story about about this. So, here's the thing: online lottery drawings are a popular way to snag limited edition merch. Oh, most certainly is. Everyone's a winner, and top shelf prizes can be pretty cool. This month, fans of Rumiko Takahashi's Ranma One Half can grab some cute goods featuring Chibi Ranma and Akane, along with other characters from the series. The campaign is running on prize lottery website Online Kujira. No, Kujira, yeah. And they regularly host prize draws for new and classic animes. And players have several chances of prizes from four different categories. The top prize, which has a 3 and three 100 odds, is one of two comfy cute cushions. There's a red one that has chibi boy type Ranma, Akane, and Genma. And the yellow one has a girl type, chibi girl type Ranma, has chibi Ryoga, Shampoo, and Ukiya. Prize B, which is a 10 in 100 odds, is one of two mugs that have those same designs on there, which is actually pretty cool. It's like the same characters, but and the design is slightly different, but it still works. There's a red one for boy type Ranma, and there's a yellow one for girl type Ranma, which is kind of cute. Prize C, which has an odds of 33 and 100, is one of two notepads. Again, it's the same patterns, but you know you have a red notepad and a yellow notepad. I think it's really nice. Now there's Prize D. This is an odds of, of winning. This is 54 and 100. It's seven trading badges. Ultimately, you can jump in on their retweet campaign for a chance to win all seven as a set. And looking at these different prizes. I would either want the mugs or the badges. I think they're really cool looking. Now, each draw is 770 yen, and there's a flat shipping fee of 550 yen within Japan, no matter how many draws you buy. Purchasing 10 draws will earn you a cute acrylic coaster. So, 
seven seventy seven hundred yen, which is about sixty dollars. I probably would do that. The lottery runs until June thirtieth, and prizes will be delivered around the end of August. That's really cool. I like that. Um, let me see if I can bring in this image. Uh, I'm going to try to bring in a picture of the image that we had here. Uh, so you can see what the pin, what the cool stuff looks like. Here we go. Let me see if I can make this slightly larger. Looking. No, I th no, I think that's it. I think that's the highest you can go without stretching anything. So on the screen here, if you're, is basically a giant photo of all of the items I just described in the article. And it would not surprise me if I go on eBay, I'll probably start seeing them pop up. Hoping. Okay, and moving right along in our next story, uh, Barry's gonna tell us about a love life say he's singing for Attack on Titan. Interesting. Yeah. It's been a little while since we've heard of Attack on Titan in the um, big kind of anime meta, but Love Live superstar Nagisa Aomaya, Ayama, sorry, mm -hmm. Attack on Titan ending theme for Crossing Project. Um, and she has been quoted as saying, the more emotion I put into the song, the more I enjoyed it. Uh, as the 27th entry of the cover song Project Crossing, voice actress Nagisa Aoyama, I'm not going to, Aoyama, A-O-Y-A-M-A, I'm I'm sorry if I mispronounce it. Sorry, guys. Um, is best known as Ren Hazuki in Love Live Superstar, and as a member of the anime VA's unit, Leela sang yep. Akuma no Ko. What was that, Rama? It's Leela, something like that. We were both correct. Like Leela, okay. Yeah. Have you the ending theme for Attack on Superstar? Titan, the final season, part two, TV anime. The dramatic tune was originally performed by the Japanese singer-songwriter Ai Higuchi as her 10th digital single, and it was released on January 10th, 2022, then received a great response from all over the world, ranking number one in Apple's music J-pop rankings in 66 countries, including Germany, France, Italy, and Korea, and in the top 10 in 41 other countries. The Cross Sing project launched in March 2022 to bring the voices of artists who are active in various genres, such as voice actors, anime song artists, virtual YouTubers, and 2.5D stage play actors, through songs. The number of its registered subscribers on YouTube has surpassed 182,000, and Nagisa Aoyama is one of the artists of its fifth season, alongside Aina Aiba, Kaori Ishihara, Aguri Onishi, Moeka Koizumi, and Yuko Natsuyoshi, uh, and Misato Matsuoka from Utegoe uh, Wa Mifui. Uh, Aoyama said in a message video, I was so nervous. We shot the video at the same time, but the singing was just too difficult. It was difficult, but the more emotion I put into the song, the more I enjoyed it. By the end of the recording session, I was filled with a feeling like I've done it all. Nice. I got it at the end. <laughs> Yay. Have you watched Superstar yet? No, I honestly I've never really watched Love Live at all. Oh, like I, I think I've watched part of one oh, series, okay. but I never really got into it. 
right, so have you seen Perfect Blue? Yes, I know about Perfect Blue. Mm -hmm. Have you seen Oshinoko? Yes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that anime really fucked up? It is, but it's also very in intriguing. I know! It's, again, the fact that the mangaka behind this did create a Kaguya-sama Love is War shows that this person can go across the spectrum. And mm -hmm. I, I still believe Aka, Akasaka watched Perfect Blue, took notes, and said, Old Masaka. Oh, and, and a, a reference for anybody who's listening to the podcast on our YouTube channel or any other podcast services that we have the podcast hosted on. If you're looking for Love Live, Oshinoko is not that. Right. So don't go looking at that series. Um, it is definitely a little darker. Now, and by a little darker, I mean a lot. So, you, um, if, yeah. yeah. If you've watched Perfect Blue and Idolish 7, then by all means watch Oshinoko. Yes. I will say, I got emotional during that first episode. I'm just like, what the sh- Spoilers. <laughs> this is the third anime I have ever watched in my entire life that has gotten me emotional. The first one yeah, was Saber Marionette J again. The second one mm -hmm. was Full Metal Alchemist. And I got emotional for the same reason 99% of the fans got emotional. So we'll just leave it at that. Now that we got that out the way, we're going to talk, we have an update from Ichiro Oda about One Piece. I guess this is a follow-up to that quote-unquote rumor that met, that Netflix showed the uh, first episode and it didn't go too well. And we come to find out that that may have just been a rumor from an unverified Twitter account. I just hate that. It's like somebody with a similar Twitter name and says something, you're just like, wait, what? What is this? You know? So, anywho. It's, it's going to keep happening, unfortunately. Oh, I know. Now, Netflix shared an update on the live-action series uh, One Piece. It's a message from the creator, Ichiro Oda, who is also serving as an executive producer. Now, normally, like, uh, Shinshiro Watanabe served as executive producer on Cowboy Bebop, but it, from the understanding of it, it it was just in name only. He didn't have much say on how things happened. And I still say, even if Watanabe had 100% complete control of this, the fans would have pushed hard back against it anyway, because y'all suck. Anywho. Oda states that the show is still scheduled to debut this year, but it will not launch until he is satisfied. He also specified that each and every entity is involved working in sync. He also clarifies that the series will have eight episodes as opposed to the ten episodes as originally reported. Basically, he says, this is basically the translation of his note, and I will put it in... Sounds like the upstairs neighbors are home. <laughs> oh boy. Change this around so that it can be seen properly. Go. Lock this so another slight adjustment. Fine God. 
So basically, you, you see what's on the screen here, his note, and I'll read this off for those who are listening to the podcast. <clears throat> I've been working with Tomorrow Studios and Netflix for quite some time now. Even though they understand each of the, the characters, we obviously come from very different cultures. But when it comes to entertainment, we have different codes, skill sets, and aims. Sometimes it can be frustrating for both sides. It felt like we're all trying to get to the same place, but how come we're not on the same wavelength? There was even a time when I thought, is a foreign production even possible? Now, this might seem like it's coming out of nowhere, but we've been hard at work this entire time, and now each and every entity involved is working in sync. We're finally here. Considering my expected lifespan, I believe this is the last chance to bring one piece to the entire world. If we're going to do it, I want to be able to supervise things while I'm still active. That's why I agreed to the live-action adaptation of One Piece back in 2016. Since then, Netflix has committed enormous resources to the production. It was announced that the show will launch in 2023, but they promised that we won't launch until I'm satisfied. The entire cast and crew spanning various countries are brimming with love for One Piece. They're burning with passion, and I'm reminding everyone involved that this should be fun. Now we're in the final process right now of finishing all eight episodes. We'll be setting sail very soon. Netflix will exclusively stream the live action series. Tomorrow Studios, a partnership with producer Marty Adelstein, who worked on Prison Break and Teen Wolf, and ITV Studios, is producing the live action series. Matt Owens, worked on uh, Luke Cage and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., is the show's writer. Eva Maeda and Becky Clements are executive producers. Adelstein stated in a video message shown at Jump Festa in 2017 that the live-action Hollywood series, television series adaptation of the manga will start at the East Blue Arc and broaden from there. Adelstein also stated that the series promises to create a true One Piece after he discussed the project with Oda personally. To that, I say good luck to y'all, and I'll be looking forward to the note to the notification that you were canceled after one season. And moving right along, unaired scripts from Pokemon. Wow. Yeah. Um. So these have actually been quote unquote missing for about twelve years. Hmm. Um, it's two episodes that come from the Pokemon series for Black and White, and they have finally resurfaced online. So, um, according to uh, Otaku US Magazine, a member of the Bulbapedia fan community successfully purchased scripts for episode 23 and 24 of the Pokemon Black and White anime TV series. The two-parter is named Team Rocket versus Team Plasma, parts one and two, and this was supposed to introduce Team Plasma into the series. Hmm. A preview showed the new villainous group butting heads against longtime rival Team Rocket. However, the production company delayed these episodes indefinitely following the March 11th, 2021 earthquake and tsunami. Um, so the Pokemon scripts were rescued 
um, and they're shared on Twitter by at Alkimbers, at A-K-I-L-V-E-R-S. Fans were raising the $4,000 needed to purchase the scripts online, but the mysterious owner decided to donate them for free. After the fundraiser, organizer refunded everyone's pledges. The Pokemon fan community translated and archived the missing black and white episode scripts. Um, So now they are available online to read for whoever would like them. Um, Based on the scripts, the episodes were likely delayed because of scenes of destruction in a city-like environment, which may have been deemed insensitive in light of the 2011 earthquake. Although the two-part episode never aired, Team Plasma did make its anime appearance in episode 112. In the episode, Team Plasma uses a terrible device to brainwash Pokemon, and Ash and his friends try to stop them. Um, So, yeah, I I thought that was kind of cool. I did actually go ahead and read the episodes, and I am kind of upset that they never got released. Um, it actually shows, because this series has, at the start of it, a very serious Team Rocket mm-hmm. um, actually doing work for Giovanni, um, stealing things, and not necessarily going after Pokemon. So it's actually a very serious plot, you know, side plot for Team Rocket. And then these two episodes were showing what that was all for, mm-hmm. which completely missed in the series now because this was what all of that was for so they go from being very very serious skipping these two episodes and then go back into trying to get pikachu Mm. so i i'm just for that it really did make the continuity kind of weird um but yeah, it's not that it's, you know, I, I think that everybody should go and read it if they are Pokemon fans, because, you know, having those two episodes and really getting the sense of what was going on is actually mm-hmm. kind of cool. Okay. At least it explained originally why the two episodes were never aired. So. Mm-hmm. And it's completely understandable. I mean, considering, you know, there are songs that are no longer allowed to be played on the radio given the context of what the songs are, um, this I just see is the same kind of thing when, you know, a tragedy happens and it, you know, something like this hits too close to home, mm-hmm. you just kind of go, yeah, well, let's put that to the side for a little bit. It, like, due to, I'm just saying, due to 9-11, we will never hear the, uh, a terrorist Christmas being played on that radio station during the holidays ever again. No, you won't hear bodies hit the floor on the radio anymore either because of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I totally forgot about that one. Mm. Yeah, there are certain songs because of that uh, that have basically not been not been given permission for um, radio t- like for like the radio in your car Mm -hmm. um it's different for streamed radio um but for you know that kind of license syndicated yes it is radio yeah it's basically been shadow banned is what you're saying so yeah that's i mean that's fair so basically what you're saying on it's okay for streaming radio like xm and so so forth but terrestrial radio won't play it 
Well, again, it depends yeah. on the ruling. Okay. If 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 streaming radio, if a particular station follows, you know, the terrestrial radio, the syndication radio, um, then they can't play it. Gotcha. It all depends on one who owns it and two what their what their rules are. Okay. All right, now that we got that out the way, now, like I say, normally at the top of the show, we would do um, our con reports if it's a small convention. But usually what happens is for a small con, we tend to kind of go over. So this time around, let's get the news out of the way, and then we'll talk about the con. So this time we're going to talk about a small anime convention in Jersey called KograCon. And I think they've been around for a few years. This is our second outing. Because the con is usually free. But this time due to I guess the guests that they have. And everything they're doing there was. An admission fee. Ten bucks. Not bad. I'm okay with that. Now. I Yeah. For what was going on. Ten bucks was. Definitely not a bad price. No, it wasn't. So, hold on here. This looks like there's a slight issue with my volume. Just to let you know that it has been fixed. I turned the microphone up a notch, so that should be fine. So, I can only think of one bad issue with the con. And every college campus convention suffers from this and I don't get it I don't understand it and it makes no sense to me the lack of signage you're on a college campus you have access to a printing department you put signs up to let people know where everything is like in front of the main building here's a sign this is the main building this building for panel rooms is back that way. I have like a little map. I went over to the pan to the building for the panel room, and the panel rooms were labeled, but there was no schedule underneath any of them. The Philly Pokemon group, they had their own schedule that they put out so that people can see it. But for everything else, there was no schedule. That's the only issue I have with the company. That's it. It's just the lack of of signage and again college conventions tend to suffer from that so let's not no. and as 15 tabby cat says there were no signs telling you where on campus the con was that too i mean Clovercon, when you go to it there are little signs on the street that kind of tells you where to go i know a couple of other college conventions do that as well but you know I will say this, I am reminded of Spring Fest, like what they did was they, they, did, they started putting signs, but instead of printing up signs off of computers, they just took paper and just wrote with a, with a, with a big pen, you know, where everything was. I'm like, y'all couldn't afford a Sharpie. But the weather was nice. It was great. There was a little mix of everything with cosplay. I can't say one was overpowering the other. It was like a little bit of everything, and that was good. 
I didn't attend any panels this time around because, again, I didn't know where any of them were until later. And going by the panel rooms, I could—I really couldn't gauge what was going on. So the thing is, I like to see what's going on in the panel room before I dive, before I walk in, you know? So there's that. I did go down to the game room. Game room was pretty nice. There were consoles set up for gaming. You had a couple of rhythm games set up. And it was pretty cool. I didn't participate in any games because all the seats were taken. So I'm like, you know, I'll just stick around, watch, take a couple of pictures, and that's it. I did attend a concert um, by a group called Eternal Hoshi. And disclaimer, I am friends with, one, with the singer of the band, which is part of the reason why I went to this con. They do a lot of anime cover music, and it was really good. The only issue that I had was that, and we've probably seen this before when you when you watch a band, when you watch your friend's bands perform, the music is good, but you couldn't hear them on the microphone. You know, it's like the music is overpowering their singing voice, where it should be the other way around. So, there was that. I attended the panel the voice actor Q&A panel which was which was really good. I mean it was mostly uh people that worked at four kids who went on to the future projects and it was nice. We did record that, but there was an issue with the recording so a part of the recording kind of got let's just say there'll be a, there's a little section that's been, that's going to be edited that's edited out. So my apologies on that. But I will say this. If you're at a convention Voice actor Q&A panel should always be the go-to because this is where you get to find out more about the voice actors, what they've been up to, what projects they've been working on, and so forth, you know? And what's interesting is I totally forgot that Geek Sailor Moon had two different Tuxedo Mask voice actors. Mm-hmm. Because I'm reading, I'm like, Vincent? Wait. Wasn't it somebody, I forget, I think it was Toby Proctor. He was the original because years ago, he made it, he did an, an appearance on Ronma one half in, in one of the episodes and they, he did the role of copycat Ken. So I'm like, there's two? I totally forgot. Yeah, the, of the original Deke, mm -hmm. um, even into... When Cloverway took right. it, mm -hmm. um, only one character was the same throughout. Which character was that? Jupiter. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, and everybody else, uh, you know, from maybe from Deke into Cloverway, mm -hmm. um, but she was the only one that actually went from Deke into Cloverway and kept it. So Jupiter is the only one that has the same voice throughout the whole thing. By the way, do you still have that autograph? Of course I do. You you need to put it up on the wall. I do. I, I have to uh, finish taking a lot of that stuff, but that autograph is probably going in the bar area mm -hmm. for most of my autographs. My post autographs are going. That's probably the pride of your entire collection. Uh, or close to it. There. Okay. It's, it's up there. What I find funny, though, mm -hmm. uh, just as a, a side thing, before she was Jupiter, 
she was one of the villains in the episode right before Jupiter was introduced. That villain was a copycat. And that villain did Sailor Mars's attack. So I have a video clip of Jupiter's voice doing Sailor Mars's attack. <laughs> nice. <laughs> On a side note, years ago, the voice actress for Sailor Jupiter was at a con, and I got a friend to get Mako an autograph, and she bawled. Anywho, back to the matter. Did, I, I, I was very excited. Yeah. I was very touched. Because you didn't know it was happening. <laughs> No, because I did not know what was happening. It was a complete surprise. Yeah. Was that like a random gift or was that a Christmas gift? Uh, that was a Christmas gift. Yeah, yeah, Alright, so... Yeah, 15 Tabby Cat says she sat at the cons table. The I, I saw you, there was a lot of sitting around. One thing about a college campus convention, great places. There's plenty of seats. Now, I went into the Artist Alley Dealers Hall. I didn't buy anything except for a um a shirt a band shirt i haven't cracked it open yet but that was the only thing i saw interesting and i i don't know there was a lot of handmade stuff but it just didn't pique my interest and like and it, it wasn't handmade works of art that i saw being sold people were selling pops and i'm just like yeah i'm kind of done with the funko pops you don't have the ones I want, and the ones I would like to buy, you are asking a little bit too much money for. And for that price, I could just get it off of Amazon, and it will be fully protected and arrive the next day. There were some Q-Poskets and other figurines, but I'm just like, not really my fandom, so it was okay. So, there was that. I went to the masquerade uh front one of my friends a uh, stardust megu was one of the judges for the convention i mean for the masquerade now they did things differently for the masquerade there was no skits it was just walk-ons everybody did a walk-on and then they announced the winners and i thought that was good and barry you might like this because i know you have done your fair share of craftsmanship judging. What they did was they not just did a best in best division category award. They did a mm. they did a runner up division award. What exactly did that entail? Somebody won an award. It was like it was good, but it wasn't good enough to win it winning your division. You know, runner up. I would say like second place. I thought that was really nice. Hmm. Because generally, it's like when you do crap, when you do judging and awards, it's always like generally it's first, second, third, best in that division, or third place, second place, best in that division. But what they did was best and runner up. Better than calling it second place. I thought that was really nice. I thought that was really good. Now, giving out an award as best division slash best in show, no, we don't talk about that. And also, there was food trucks, and the food lines were very long. Thankfully, Mako braved the lines and got us some food. I went and got a tea from one of the, um, I got bubble tea from one of the vendors. It was a little pricey, but it was actually pretty good. I can't complain too much. But, um, overall, I had a good time. 
I, I had fun. I I greatly enjoyed myself. I would definitely go back. I mean, if they were to up it to like fifteen or twenty dollars, most likely I wouldn't mind attending. But I will say this: if you're going to go, you might want to get there early because parking fills up pretty quickly. <laughs> well, it's not the yeah. parking filled up. It's just that because it's on a school campus, to get close parking is a pain in the ass especially since they closed the closest parking lot and had all of the food trucks in that one and also one thing i noticed the building where the panel rooms were i'm walking down the hallway there was an actual class in session in one of those rooms that doesn't surprise me they do have saturday classes in there yeah i know but i would have thought that you know now i don't mind the fact that there are different events in different rooms. But, I don't know, I would have guessed that, you know, you have the one building where main events is and the dealer's hall. I would have guessed that maybe if you go up the stairs, there are regular classrooms and you could have your panels up there. You know, that's just there me. Stairs. Hmm? There were things upstairs. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I think the video room okay. and karaoke were upstairs. Okay, that's then that that yeah, I totally did not ca catch those. So, all right, Marco, I know for the most part you did you sat down and did some people watching. I did. I was actually surprised at some of the cosplay. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of it was your typical people trying to just be casual. Um, but there were a lot of nice, you know, cosplays. Uh, there were a lot of people in full-on mascot fursuits, mm -hmm. but I expected that with so many people from Pokemon uh, being there. Um, but it was nice. So, I mean, it was a nice mixture of um, what the voice actors were known for. And then there was a couple of various Persona 5 cosplay that I saw um, so I mean it was it was really nice and it was really nice to see some kind of you know obscure stuff as well uh, with all of that um, I was for the most part sitting I was actually behind like the way that everything was laid out uh, that the front lobby area had all of the the various um, I guess, other conventions that were advertising during this convention. So all of their booths were set up. Um, the school had a booth set up. Mm -hmm. And then the photography booth was there too. So I was sitting um, basically behind all of that and able to see everybody going in and out of that area. So I, it was a really good place to just plop and people watch. Um, but like Ranma said, I walked through the... Um, Artist Alley Dealers Hall. It wasn't bad. Um, I didn't see a lot of people walking around with a lot of actual purchased merchandise. Mm -hmm. um, everybody I saw that was walking around was basically walking around with the freebies that were given away at the Nintendo uh, gaming thing that was there. It was just some uh, swag. You know, I wouldn't have minded a cool Nintendo. Switch red uh, reusable bag though, but I didn't feel like waiting on that long line. Yeah, it wasn't anything that I had to have, but I mean that's what most people were walking around with. Um, I 
hope that they did a good job in there, but I, it's just, I, I think there were too many artists selling the same kind of thing. Yeah. And the vendors were all selling the same kind of thing. So yeah. it was just, it was one booth after another, after another that had the same stuff. I mean, uh. the last time we went was 2019 and there was a gaming vendor and I picked up my SNES Classic there. So, And this was during the time when it was hard to get your hands on a SNES Classic. So I got one. So 80 bucks flat, you know, here's the credit card. Thank you for my purchase. I think that was the only purchase I made at that con that year. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't make any purchases, mm -hmm. um, but as Ronma said, I did venture out to the food trucks. Mm -hmm. um, as I was getting out there, um, mean, the, the con starts at 10. I get out there at about 2.30, and one of the trucks is already completely sold out of food. And of course, it's the truck that has all of the Japanese food on it. They were selling curry, and they were selling ramen. Oh, if I had known, I probably would have jumped on that line for, for that. Yeah, so that one was, like, I was just about to get in line, and the person taking orders was like, okay, sorry, we're out of food now. The other vendors, though, um, still just as busy, um, so I... I'm pretty sure that they did a very good job. Uh, it was a nice variety of vendors. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what I ended up, I ended up going to one that was doing, um, it was basically mostly empanadas. Mm -hmm. They but, were good. Yeah, but it wasn't empanada mix. It wasn't, you know, your uh, Jamaican or, I mean, your um, Puerto Rican or your dominican or your cuban empanada these guys were filling it with other cultural foods so i got um two and two to split with ranma i ended up getting an argentinian beef which is the first one we tried and then the second one we tried was the um chicken tikka okay y'all are just making me hungry okay i'm just i need food <laughs> See, Barry, what you need to do is come with us to one of these local cons and just enjoy the goodness, you know? Yeah, just enjoy the local food. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I would say like that, I think, at least in uh, my advanced ethereal, um, you know, timeline, um, I definitely, at conventions, I enjoy cosplaying, and I still have, like, parts of my nerddom that I like, but I definitely have been indulging in things like the local fair like the local food and stuff yeah. at the event ra rather than just the convention itself because while it is a like while it is definitely an anime trip and i definitely as um as i remember like as a kid like really engaging with a lot more of the content now that i've kind of experienced most of the panels that i myself like run or like most of the events that i would go to or i've i've planned in the past and like i've experienced those I kind of know the expectations, and now I just kind of, like, enjoy the vibe, I mm. guess is what you'd call it. Like, I just enjoy the vibe now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how I feel. I, you know, there are occasional panels here and there that somebody pulls out something original, 
and I want to go to them. But I mean, I've been going to conventions now for 20 years and there's only so many, you know, ideas out there for various uh, panel themes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I had a good time um, and that's what matters. Yeah. And also another thing, these cons are not going to wee hours of the night. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's go back to Castle Point for a second. This is a two. This started out as a college convention, anime con. It's and before they left the campus, it was still a two. It became a two day con, and they finished things around nine o'clock for both days. I think that one year I actually commuted back and forth. I don't fully remember. Because I did think about booking a room that year. But. The same thing. The con started at 10 o'clock. Con ended at 9 o'clock that night. There really, honestly, there is no reason for, even if the con is at a hotel, to go that late. I like the fact that the panels were not back to back. It was a break of a 15 minute interval between each one. The main events at CobraCon, there was like four main events and they were straggled all throughout the day. That's perfect. And I enjoy that. The con ends at like Saturday night ends at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Back to the room and hang out. Maybe the con will have, like, in this hotel, we'll have a video room going all night. And that'll be it couple more panels till like 11 o'clock. That's fine. That still gives you time to go check out room parties and stuff like that. Especially if it's at the Expo Center. There's a movie theater right there that you can go to after the con. Bunchers used to do that when Anime Next was over there. I'm just saying. If, if near the campus of Cobra Con, if there were other things going on, I'd be like, okay, we had a good time at the con. Let's go across the street and have dinner. Let's go to a movie and then call it, you know? I think that's kind of cool. So, overall, it's good. You're going to have fun. This This also falls into the category of, even if you're not too fond of the convention itself, bring the squad. You're going to have a fun will definitely be there next year. Yeah, and it's really nice. The cam- the campus, uh, this is actually a school that I had gone to as a student. Um, the campus itself is really nice. It's very peaceful. Um, they do try to make the campus uh, friendly for those that just want to hang out in the green. Um, and it's very spacious. You don't mm-hmm. feel like, even if people are playing out on the grass, you don't feel that uh, they have to be right up mm-hmm. on you if you just want to sit there and relax. So there were plenty of people just out under the trees, reading, talking, eating. Uh, so it was it was very nice. It was it was definitely a nice relaxing convention. And the older I get, the more I want nice relaxing conventions. Mm-hmm. Again, I will always refer back to the very last um, BronyCon because that was like. How cons used to be in the late in the late nineties, early two thousands. 
That was an epic convention. Yep. And I am so glad, so glad that we were able to go to it because it was a very just nostalgia filled, but not, it, it was very nostalgia filled for the feeling, for the emotion. Um, so it was very nice. And these smaller conventions do bring that back because yeah. you go there with friends and you're just hanging out. You don't have to worry about, you know, missing anything or there being a bunch of people that you might not get to see because it is small. It's very nice. And now that we got that out the way, we have a little bit of time left to do Meanwhile in Japan and then wrap up the show. So, nice. let's take a look at what we have here. Oh, we don't even have to do all three stories, but yeah, I, I, I have a feeling I know which story y'all want me to do. <laughs> so... Well, I I would like to take the one that would definitely have the uh, bonk sound. Mmm, that's all you. That's right. You are you. Let, let's be let's be real here, Barry. You are the podcast idol. So. <laughs> I mean, I I'm like I I realize that while I don't engage in a lot of like idol anime, I definitely engage a lot in idol culture. Yes, yes, you do. Uh, so I definitely, I definitely feel that. All right. What about you, Mako? Um, I was thinking number three for myself. All right. So what we will say for this one, actually, we'll roll that into next week's show because it does connect to things we've talked about on the show here. So, mm-hmm. anywho. I, I didn't know a video game could have a flavor. Well, now you do. And knowing is half the battle. Mm-hmm. Now, if now if I could just get the stupid thing to actually work for me, be too simple. There we go. All right, I see what's happening. I'm sitting here clicking on it, and the friggin' browser is just going off in the background. I had no friggin' clue about it. By the way, Mako, are you picking up uh, Zelda Tears to the Kingdom? I am not. I have to finish the first one, and I'm nowhere near finished. Um, I did restart it, but that was like two years ago, and I never actually sat and finished it, so I really do need to just sit and finish it. I think when you finish Hades, you should get a strategy guide and then go through the game. Oh, no, I... I will actually, because all of my gaming systems are in the living room, I sit with my laptop. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't play the games like normal people. I play the game by following the guide, just because I want to get everything. Yeah. And it would piss me off too much to forget one small little thing. So, I, I have to get everything. Makes sense. The first thing we're going to talk about, and before we continue, I keep smelling like the air outside side of my windows open. Evidently, somebody has their fireplace on. I'm just like, the fireplace is on, and it smells. It's too warm for that. No, but it's windy out, which is understandable, but still. Anyway. 
Legend of Zelda flavored fried chicken coming to convenience stores in Japan along with other Hyrule chow. Wow. So here's the thing. Breath of the Wild was the first game in the Zelda franchise with a full-fledged cooking system allowing you to create edible enhancers to help you on your quest. That gameplay feature is being carried over to the sequel, Tears of the Kingdom. So when the new game comes out this Friday, our hero Link is going to once again be spending a lot of time chowing down and it turns out there is a way for human fans to enjoy the traditional cuisine of the Kingdom of Hyrule in real life. Japanese convenience store chain Lawson, who is to thank for this cross-cultural cooking collaboration. Right now, they're offering a range of food and drink options for giving yourself a taste of Zelda, starting with spicy pepper-flavored fried chicken, inspired by the spicy peppers that can be gathered in the game. In Japanese, they're somewhat more colorfully named Poka Poka Kusanomi, which translates to warm and toasty grass seeds. And you can get that for 248 yen, which is $1.90. Part of Lawson's eminently reliable Karage-kun fried chicken line. The chain warns children and people who don't like spicy flavors, please be cautious. But that's not the only I ingredient to be found in Hyrule. It's also the marquee seasoning of the Goron Spice Dry Curry Onigiri Rice Ball. A favorite of the rock people who live on the shores of the lava flow seeping from Mount Doom. The name of the next item on the list can either be legitimately shocking or just moderately startling. If we follow the localization names used in the English version of the game Breath of the Wild, this 192 yen bun would be called Raw Meat Curry Bread. If, instead, we use the straight translation of the item's name from the Japanese version of the game, Kimono Niku, it becomes the Beast Meat Curry Bread. If you read the fine print on the bread wrapper, Lawson's quietly revealed that it's cubed pork. If you're feeling fancy, there's always the hearty truffle aroma mushroom focaccia. Okay? And then there's the hearty salmon and fresh milk clam chowder. See, that might be something I'll definitely enjoy. And to wash it all down, a mighty banana olay flavored drink with three different versions of package uh, illustration packages. This went on sale two days ago. So the same day Lawson launched a promotional campaign in which buying the marketed candies or beverages will get customers Tears of the Kingdom clear file or clogs while the supplies last. But do not forget that Lawson also happens to be the same convenience store where you can buy prize lottery tickets for awesome Legend of Zelda houseware items. Okay. Okay. That reminds me, I actually need to finish Hyrule Warriors. I beat it on 3DS, but I need to beat it on Switch. Alright, and now that we got that out the way, um, Harry is going to tell us about whacking an otaku. Yeah, so, you know, there's always room for, um, a little bit of fun to be had uh, when it comes <laughs> to idol events. And this Wakken Otaku event is, is no different. Uh, it's an event that was held by an idol singer unit in Tokyo. Uh, and a good time was apparently had by all. So last Thursday, TIS Gakuen Spring School Festival was held in Tokyo's Harajuku neighborhood. And a related event to the annual Summertime Tokyo Idol Festival concert series. 
The TIF Gakuin Spring School Festival took place on the campus of the Belle Epoque Fashion School and the idol unit Shiso Crayon among the groups participating. In addition to musical performances, the idols also had class projects. Following the tradition of students in Japan running cafes, haunted houses, and other forms of entertainment in their classrooms during the school festival, Shiso Crayon finished their mini concert in the morning. So they headed to the room that they were borrowing to set up their project, a giant Wakanotaku contraption. If you've never seen a Wakanotaku contraption before, because honestly, if you haven't, you're missing out. Mm. I, I've never seen one. I've, I've never been privy. But if you have, let us know in the chat here at Anime uh, Jam Session at twitch.tv slash Anime Jam Session. <laughs> uh, so before, wait, of course you haven't, since as far as we know, Shiso Crayon is the first to build one. But odds are you have seen the classic Whack-A-Mole arcade game where you smash a mallet down on a mole as they pop through up the holes in the machine, right? Well, Whack and Otaku is pretty much the same concept, except that instead of the targets being plastic mole figures, they're the uncovered heads of living, breathing otaku. For safety reasons, the hammers are the featherweight hollow plastic types sold at 100 yen stores. You know, the ones that make the little squeak when you hit something with them? Also the also ones... reassuring. Also, it's the ones that Sanachan uses in Kadocha. <laughs> yes. So reassuring is the fact that no one got tricked or forced into being a Wakanotaku target as the participants had to purchase a supplementary $7.65 ticket or $10 ticket if they wanted to be received on the receiving end of the idol's blows. Uh, so you know if you are looking to get on your Oshi's fave list, uh, this is probably one way to do that. On top of the 4,000 yen general admission to the TIF Gakuen Spring School Festival. Uh, reaction comments for the video have been universally shocked and mostly positive. So, uh, quotes are saying, uh, insane, I love it. Now this is living. They'll cherish those memories forever. I mean, I guess as long as they don't have a concussion. Mm. Uh, total win-win, god-tier event planning. They weren't kidding when they said they were doing a Whack and Otaku event. I want to get the chance to do this too. As one of the commenters pointed out, though, there's a key difference between Shiso Crayon's Wakanotaku and Orthodox Wakamole. In the game, a single player has to cover multiple holes that the moles can pop out of, and dividing your attention means that some of the critters are going to escape unscathed. However, the Wakanotaku setup is one-on-one -on -one affair, with each idol focusing on just one single mole slash hole on the in the contraption, while all which all but guarantees an otaku is going to be hit repeatedly. But hey. If you're the typical kind of fan who simps, I mean, who's willing to fork over an extra 10,000 yen to serve as a Wakanotaku target, odds are the better you're going to feel. 1,000 yen. Oh yeah, it's 1,000 yen. Sorry, <laughs> I've been saying it. I've been, I've been moving the, I've been moving yeah, the comma. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I get that. When I go to Japan, okay. when I go to Japan, I want to check out an idol show, but I will not participate to be whacked by an idol. <laughs> it sounds like it's it's like another version of um what's the 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 uh the show the Maid Cafe Wars made yeah Akiba Maid Wars. War. Yeah, it sounds like that sounds like an idol version of of Akiba Maid Wars. Yeah, and and, and, and I, look, I already I, we already discussed it. We already know which maid you are. So if anybody's checked out Akiba Made War, uh, say what made you you think you are in the in the in the chat. Um, yeah, if you, I mean, if you want to retell chat who you think I am, that's cool. 
I can't remember the character's name, but it was the one that called up the maids from three different sh from three different ones. It was the maid that shot the other one. That's you. No, I am. I am. I am battle maid. Yes. I'm battle maid. Yes. And we all know one of your lackeys will come over and take the gun from you and take the blame for the shot. That's you. And Omnia Style says, I love the Kiba Made War. So did I. I liked how it ended. I'm still hoping we can get a season two out of it. Yeah, I really want more seasons of it. I think it was such a great series. Yes, it was. All right, now moving right along to our final Meanwhile story in Japan story tonight. Bakko chan. Uh, yeah. So, um, you would think that a perk to being a trash collector or otherwise employed in sanitation, is the opportunity to find cool stuff among the trash. Treasures can pop up in the strangest of places, such as 10 million yen, which is about $74,000, that was found among garbage at a collection facility in Sapporo. On the 30th of January, a worker was separating recyclable paper from the rest of the burnable trash that had been collected from Nishi Ward and Teen Ward. It was there that they found the ultimate in recyclable paper and reported it to the city. Uh, as is the law in Japan, a three-month period started from that day for the original owner to come forward and claim the money. During that time, there were 16 attempts to do so with claims from people saying they accidentally dropped 10 million yen wrapped in newspaper or that a family member suffering from dementia may have accidentally thrown it away. However, in each case, the claimants were unable to accurately describe the money or condition it was found in. So, on the 30th of April, ownership was given to Sapporo City. Readers of the news, however, felt that the worker who found the cash was due at least a cut of it. Um, quoting, nothing for the person who found it, they should have just pocketed it. I'm not saying give the person all of it, but at least a reward for being honest about it. Mm. Uh, it's funny how all the liars came out to take a shot at it. The real owner might have known but kept quiet. I'd leave them open to a nasty audit to determine where that $10 million came from. Uh, when you think about it, letting the worker have the money is a great incentive for them to do a thorough job. Although no reward for the worker was reported, it's possible they were rewarded in some form. A uh, city official told media that they had no plans for the money as of yet, but it serves as a cautionary tale for all of us to sort our trash. Not only because it is our civic duty, but because you never know when something of value might have accidentally gotten mixed in. Mm-hmm. I think we all at one time thrown out something of value purely by accident. Yep. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up the show because I think we had a good time. Let's, let's get it. Yeah, it was a really, really good show tonight, guys. And uh, yeah, let us know in chat uh, what you enjoyed the most, what your favorite article was. Let's do that. Okay. I think there's something like that they have set up on the, um, on the Spotify page. I have to check that. But if you like the show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. This is why we do it for the fun of it. So what we like and don't like, we'll straight up tell you. So if you have any questions about the show, 
Drop us a line at podcast at AnimeJamSession.com. Again, that is podcast at AnimeJamSession.com. We're here to believe you. And don't forget to check out our website at AnimeJamSession.com, where you will find our weekly podcast, cosplayer tips and tricks, cosplayer interviews, link to our YouTube page of convention video coverage, links to our Facebook page of cosplay convention coverage, anime reviews, editorials, and so much more, all at AnimeJamSession.com. And don't forget to check out the show in podcast form. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Just search Anime Jam Session and you'll find us. And I think some of the older episodes got deleted by accident when I moved when I moved everything over. So I'm going to be fixing those moments soon enough. And don't forget to follow us on our social media. YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook is all Anime Jam Session. Follow us on our YouTube for video, awesome convention videos. Follow us on Twitter so you know when we're going live. We have articles up and so forth. Follow us on Facebook when we're going live, articles, and so much more. And don't forget, on our uh, Twitch page here is a link to our stream elements and our Ko-Fi. If you want to throw us a few dollars for, for the show, we really appreciate that. You can always cheer us on with bits. We love that too. That is awesome. And you can also sub to the channel and give out gift subs. We appreciate that too. So now we're going to go around the room. Last words, Barry. I am. Um... <laughs> I'm so managing chat. Uh, I will be back in the dreaming, working on all the things. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for uh, this. Uh, coming week, so I'll see you guys next time. Last words, Mako-chan. I am sleepy and I have to get up early for my interview tomorrow, so, yeah. And break a leg tomorrow. Thank you. You're welcome. My last words, um, I'm going to continue watching more Data Live. And I'm now going to probably be tracking down a figurine that's going to cost me a lot of money. Anywho, that is it. End of list. We're getting out of here. I'm Ranma. I'm Mako-chan. I'm Barry Mellon. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Sleep tight. Say good night, Barry. Good night. That's it. Awesome. We're out of here. See you all next week.